0: Welcome to another episode of B2B Nation, part of the Technology Advice Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Kleinfelter, and I recently had a chance to talk with Alan Gannett, the CEO at TrackMaven. Uh, We talked about how marketers can become more data-driven. Alan mentioned that he thinks that a problem we're facing is that data is often only being used as a reporting tool instead of a strategic decision-making tool. Uh, We dug into that, and we also talked about uh, how marketers today are so focused on ROI that we have, you know, in some ways, forgotten how to use data to measure engagement, specifically real-time engagement, uh, speaking of social, uh, of our content and other marketing efforts. Uh, It really was a great interview, and so without further ado, here's my interview with Alan. Enjoy. Welcome, Alan, to the B2B Nation. Thanks for talking with me today.
1: Hey! Thanks for having me. Excited to be virtually on here.
0: Yeah, well, we are very excited to to chat with you today about data driven marketing. Uh, but first, to get us started here, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background and TrackMaven?
1: Sure. So, TrackMaven is the integrated marketing analytics platform. So, what that means is we bring together all of your digital content, social marketing analytics needs in one place. Whether that's competitive intelligence or social analytics, or marketing attribution, or media monitoring. We provide one platform, You can get all those things. Instead of having to log into ten tools, you can log into one tool. Then in addition, because we have all those different channels in one place, Culture will provide you with cross channel insights that are unique to us and actually make you a better data driven marketer. And my personal background is I started my entrepreneurial career by running a lead-gen company. So uh, learned the learned all of this stuff through the performance marketing lens and very, very numbers driven and then I spent a year as CMO of a B2B software startup. And in doing that, what I realized is that how most marketers make decisions is incredibly gut driven. And we now live in a world where there's too many things going on, too many channels, too much content to produce to use your gut in a scalable consistent way. And so Trackmaven, which is now about a four year old company, it really came out of this need that I had, which was how do you make marketers data-driven, and the keys to doing that is making data accessible, easy to access, and actually usable. So, like I said, the company's about four years old. Um, you know, about 75 people based in Washington, D.C. We have a few hundred customers that range from everyone from, you know, Marriott to even the Content Marketing Institute. So, it's a pretty fun, eclectic mix of customers.
0: Wow. You really outlined... One of the biggest problems as a B2B marketer is, uh, you know, being gut-driven versus data-driven. So, man, I'm really excited to dig into this today. Um, Let's get started here. Uh, I would love your take on, you know, how does data-driven marketing actually play out? You know, what what suggestions do you have for marketers to become more data-driven today?
1: Yeah, great question. So, like I said before, I think how most marketing decisions are made, if we're being really honest, is it's a Tuesday afternoon, we're in some sterile conference room, everyone's under-caffeinated, someone says, okay, <laughs> what's our next white paper be on? And someone else goes, oh, I have this great idea. And Someone else goes, that's a great idea. And then all of a sudden, we're spending three months creating some white paper that is based on someone's Tuesday, kind of under-caffeinated, quote-unquote, great idea. And then three months distributing it. And only six months later, do we actually look at the data to see, wow, that was a spectacular failure. So I think the fundamental issue with marketing today and with data-driven marketing is that most people use data as a reporting tool. They use data to prove to themselves, their bosses, that they are actually they're you know, worthwhile. There's not an existential crisis necessary. You know, they're they're proving their value. And in reality, in the world we live in today, where there's so many moving pieces, you need to use data as a strategy and decision-making tool. You need to use data before you do anything not as a post-facto reporting tool. And so I think that's the big delineation for most people because we've spent so many years for the last few years as marketers trying to prove ROI and we've almost forgotten how to measure things that I like to call leading metrics. So these are metrics that you could use to get an understanding of if your content is on the right track or the wrong track. And when I say leading metrics, what I really mean is engagement, right? So if I publish a blog post, you know, am I getting enough engagement? Uh, am I getting enough page views? Am my bounce rate low enough? And these are the things that are critical to actually eventually getting ROI. But we, over the last few years, been so obsessed as marketers with proving ROI, we've forgotten. We didn't you had to go to some conferences and say engagement is a dirty word. And I think that that is the fundamental disconnect for most marketers is that. They're using data as an after-the-fact reporting tool to prove ROI, and they're not using data as a decision-making tool to measure real-time engagement and optimize, and as a result, they never get ROI.
0: You know, that that makes me think of, you said a number of things there that, uh, boy, that was very impactful. Uh, uh, Let me get my thoughts straight here. I have a lot of them. Uh, So speaking of the amount of options uh, that are out there for seems like there's a new tool every week that claims to have this new solution that can can help marketers uh, you know change the trajectory of how much ROI that their uh, department is is going to be attributed for or so on and so forth or it can can really drive the number of MQLs up for uh, for your sales team and you know it gets me thinking about social a little bit more where um, Speaking of more options, it seems like there's a, a new social media platform or social media option that's coming out every month or so. I mean, we have Instagram Stories, we have Vine, Snapchat, and, and Snapchat in particular is, is one that I really wanted to hone in and, and ask you about. Um, there's been an uptick in brands using Snapchat as a business tool. Um, do you think that B2B brands specifically can truly use Snapchat to engage prospects and and if so, I would love to hear your take on how they could do that.
1: Yeah, great question. So I think I think the 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 short answer is no, the long answer is yes. The short answer is, you know, as a marketer, you're facing so much there's so much struggle and there's so much things on your plate that there's going to be way higher ROI activities for you than Snapchat. That being said, if you have specific audiences, so if you, for example, market to, you know, B2B could also mean small businesses, right? So you might market to small businesses where it's a lot of restaurant owners or real estate agents. Those people act much more like consumers. Snapchat might be good. Or if you're like us, oh, you market to marketers, well, then your audience will actually respond well to that kind of stuff. So we actually we do quite a bit of Snapchat marketing ourselves, and we actually get a really good response. Um, and brand awareness from it that we definitely have found drives interest and leads and all those sort of things. So I think fundamentally the answer to all these questions is a slightly higher level thought, which is you need to be on the channels which are most efficient to reach your audience at no matter what they are. And so for some people that's direct mail, for some people that's airport billboards, for some people that's Snapchat. But for a lot of B2B brands, it's not Snapchat. So that is my my long and my short answer to your
0: question. (laughs) Hey, that's a good one. Uh, So so it it was interesting that to me, I I was... It it seems like a tool that could be done for awareness, and that's kind of where it fell in my head. That was just neat to hear your take on that. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit here and talk about a specific report done by TrackMaven, Uh, and the one I'm referring to is the Social Media Strategy Report. Uh, So in that report, uh, could you discuss what social channels you found that worked best as paid advertising outlets for B2B? Yeah, well, I
1: think the things that are, for us at least, um, really interesting from all reports. So for, for background, TrackMaven has, um, you know, we've tracked tens of thousands of brands, both our customers as well as our customers' competitors. We so have this huge set of data, and what I think is sort of most interesting whenever you look at uh, any of our data is there's a few consistent trends, which is that almost no matter what, Instagram actually, from an engagement perspective, really performs really well, and Instagram generally is sort of an undervalued channel whether you're B2B or B2C. Instagram across most industries is one of the most engaging channels relative to audience size. And so for us, that's been a really interesting takeaway and just generally a recommendation for people is thinking about, okay, can you be using doing more Instagram stuff? And I think also with Instagram what's interesting is now that they've rolled out a lot more paid targeting features is can you reach your – if you're a B2B brand, can you actually reach your audience when they're in more of a um, – even if they're in more of a relaxed setting, can you actually reach them through Instagram because they actually allow you to do much more narrow targeting now with their paid ad product. So I actually think Instagram is probably the channel that we're going to be talking the most about over the next year or two from a paid advertising perspective, just because I think there's the most upside and the most opportunity there.
0: Would you also say that Instagram is less saturated in that way versus the other channels?
1: Yes, but... I think like all other channels, it's eventually going to get saturated. So I think sort of in marketing, we have this this problem slash opportunity, which is one, things are changing so fast, but then also as marketers, we tend to get, like, get excited about things and all adopt the same channels at the same time. And so we all rush into new channels because they're efficient, and then because we've all rushed into them, they become less efficient. So I think over the next couple of years, a, We'll be talking a lot about it, but then it's also at the same time as a result of talking a lot about it, it'll get saturated and inefficient.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so taking that a step further, so speaking about uh, social, uh, at what stage is paid advertising on social on social, excuse me, useful. So at what stage is paid advertising on social useful? Is it mainly for awareness or is it suited for maybe later in the funnel?
1: So, great question. I think it's all it's all the above. I think you know we do, and a lot of people do stage based targeting with their paid social. So you might show, for example, a case study to a late stage buyer, but you may show a you know general um, industry report, for example, to an early stage buyer. So I really think that it's great for all the above. I think of paid social in two ways, which may seems like a slight contradiction. So one, I just see it as another ad channel. Like you can just get stuff in front of people. Sometimes it's cheaper, sometimes it isn't. What I think people fundamentally mess up with on paid social is they completely forget that paid social has all these unique characteristics too. And so the best example I can give of this is we ran a uh, paid ad campaign, which was extremely effective, that was a Facebook post that said, who is the smartest marketer you know? and question mark, and in the description said tag them. And all these people tagged marketers they knew. So we paid for this reach, and we got this huge lift from an organic reach perspective because we had all these people tagging their friends and it was driving in their news feed and all this sort of stuff. And that's something you can obviously not do on double click or SEM or any of that kind of stuff. So I think for social, most, social, most paid social people – do not even come close to utilizing the actual social features of most of those ad products. I think that's a huge mistake, and I think a big black mark on our industry. But um, all that being said, um, all that being said, I do think ultimately at the end of the day, it's just another channel.
0: So, Alan, it would be uh, it would be a shame if we didn't talk about Content Marketing World. Uh, it was in Cleveland last week. Uh, what was your favorite uh, What was your favorite session at Content Marketing World 2016?
1: Sure. So I had a great time in Cleveland. I had the pleasure of getting to introduce Anna Hanley on the main stage, and she's one of my favorite people and also an amazing speaker and, you know, love her books and all of that sort of
0: stuff. That's amazing. But
1: I just thought her her new talk that she gave was just, just spot on and sort of an amazing credo to marketers, and um, that was definitely my favorite session.
0: Awesome. Well, Alan, this has been a great look into data-driven marketing. Um, really appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, how can our listeners find out more about you and Maven?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I, I like to tweet away all day. So I'm Twitter. <laughs> I am uh, twitter.com/slash/alan a l l e n.
0: That's amazing that you got that handle. By the way, that's amazing. Just Alan. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> a benefit of having a benefit of having an old man name. <laughs> Not so common. Um, and um, and then also, um, TrackMaven is at TrackMaven, and then trackmaven.com. And you can check out our blog and resources page for all sorts of free research and dives into the data side of marketing.
0: Well, thanks again, Alan, for being on the show. Um, Really, really excited to get to talk about data-driven marketing with you today. And and thanks to our listeners for following along. Uh, This episode was recorded at the Technology Advice Podcast Studio in Nashville, Tennessee. To listen to more episodes of B2B Nation, check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes. And to learn more about the show, you can find us on Twitter at technology underscore ADV or online at technologyadvice.com. Thanks for listening.